wanted to thank those who on Thursday night came and put the flag down the front. Appreciate your help. There are 21 flags out front for our 21 gun salute to our veteran, our two of those that have died in the service of their country. For Memorial Day, we had a video that we were we using today. We do have a did have a video for you, very moving and patriotic, because you wouldn't be able to hear it. No use in seeing it. Um, but I was thinking I'm 55 years old, and I do not know one person who died in military active service. I, I cannot think of one. If you know someone who died in the military while serving, would you just raise your hand? Well, more than half of us. And in these next couple of minutes, we want to just take time to silent prayer and remember their families, those left behind, and thank God for those that would step up the way they did. So let's pray silently. Many people seem to forget. And 
probably it'd be fair to say many just don't know what Memorial Day is. For many it's a time for picnics and ball games and the first big day of the lake. It's all of that and, and more, but the reason it's so important is that today to stop and honor and remember those that have given their lives so that we can have picnics and travel and go to play, not worry. Today to remember those who have died for our freedom to assemble here this morning. Christians are being persecuted if you watch the news all over the world. All over. But because of the heroes that we remember on this holiday, we don't have that kind of persecution here in the United States. Thank God and thank our heroes that that has not come to our great country. Yet. As you drive around America, you find memorials to our heroes everywhere. I found this story this week and I didn't even know about one of those memorials. Lieutenant Commander Butch O'Hare was a fighter pilot assigned to the aircraft carrier Lexington in the South Pacific. One day his entire squadron was sent on a mission. When they got up in formation or flying towards their target, he noticed that the ground crew failed to fill up and top off his tank, and he wasn't going to have enough fuel to make it to the target and back. And he told the wing commander, the wing commander said, turn around and head back to the Lexington. So he did. On his way back, his heart stopped as he saw a squadron of Japanese aircraft bombers speeding their way towards the American he was out of radio contact from his, had to make a snap decision, so he just took off into that squadron of bombers with his 50 caliber machine guns blazing. When he ran out of ammunition, he tried to bump them and hit them with his propeller and do anything he could disrupt them. And he annoyed them so much that finally they turned and went another way. The film from the gun camera mounted on his plane told the tale and it showed what Butch had done. He destroyed five enemy aircraft in that moment. It took place on February the 20th, 1942, and for his action, Butch became the Navy's first ace of World War II and the first naval aviator to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. A year later, he was killed in aerial combat at the age of 29. His hometown wanted to honor Butch for his service. And today, O'Hare Airport in Chicago is named as a tribute to this great man. I had no idea where O'Hare Airport had its name. Did anybody know that story? A few of you did. But there are monuments everywhere to people that have done so very, very much. Butch O'Hare was one of the hundreds of thousands of men and women who stood in the gap of freedom and tyranny and have given their lives for us. Our scripture that we're going to look at this morning talks about standing for something. The prophet Ezekiel, his background, is writing to the people of Israel. He's warning them about what will happen if they don't turn back to God and continue to worship and obey Him. He wrote of their impending destruction and exile we're going to look at Ezekiel 22.30. He writes that God's looking for someone that has stand up for what is right and be the hero that is needed. So Ezekiel 22.30. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. 
I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land. But I found no one. The people of Israel had turned away from God and they'd become a people of sin, taken God for granted. They'd enjoyed freedom and peace as long as they were living. God had blessed them. But they didn't care. Judgment's coming. God said he could find no one to stop. No one to stand in the gap for the land. A couple of pictures in my mind. Those of you that watched The Lord of the Rings, at one point in the movie, Gandalf puts his staff down and he says, you shall not pass. That's standing in the gap. If that's not your generation, remember John Wayne? You remember him. If somebody's going to beat up a friend of his, John Wayne might say something, you're going to have to get through me to get to him. That's standing in the gap. So we celebrate this weekend people that have stood in the gap for our nation, for freedom and for what is right. In the Declaration of Independence, the framers wrote, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The people of Israel had those same rights God-given that we celebrate in our Declaration of Independence. God had given them their freedom from bondage Egypt, he brought them through the desert, you know the story of Exodus to a land flowing with milk and honey. And now, after they ignored him, he's taking his hand of protection off of the land. All because no one would stand up for what's right and true and just. No one would stand in the gap. Judah and Israel were both eventually defeated and sent exile to other nations. And all of it happened because well, we honor our heroes for protecting our liberties, which include our religious freedoms. We're in need of people like you who stand in the gap for our faith, for the Christian Many are afraid that we're going down the same path to destruction that the Israelites walk down. And so we need brave individuals who are willing to stand in the gap and fight for if not, our future would be bleak. So what are you to do? How do you stand in the gap today? You're 40-something, 50-something, 60-something, 70-something, 80-something, whatever. What does it mean? Look at two amazing examples that we can do, but my goodness, it's going to take a great maturity to do what was done here. One Old Testament, one New Testament. The Old Testament story, you remember the story of Moses on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments and while he was there, the children of Israel with Aaron as their substitute teacher just go hog wild. You know the story. Take the jewelry, make a cow or a calf and they worship it. They party and are rebellious. While on the mountain, God speaks to Moses and said, you probably need to get down there. They, they've gone crazy. And uh, I might just destroy them, God says. 
Moses tries to pacify God and says, you know, don't, don't destroy them. Turn away from your anger. Give them another chance. So God's going to give them a chance. Moses goes down the mountain. Saw the calf and the dancing. He threw, you remember the tablets on the ground. The Ten Commandments smashed them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had worshipped to grabbed it a powder and threw it in the water and made them drink it. Oh, you remember that part. Moses is upset and rightfully. Rightfully so. But he does something to these people that deserve destroying. And some of them were destroyed, but he does something to me, to be standing in the gap for them. In Exodus 32, verses 30, 31, 32, we find the next day, after all of this mess had happened, Moses said to the people, You have committed a terrible sin, but I'll go back up to the Lord on the mountain, and perhaps I'll be able to obtain forgiveness for your sin. That's pretty big of Moses. Moses just as easily could have said, You know, I'm going to ask God to wipe all of you out, just give me some people and we're just going to start over and have a better group. I would have understood it, wouldn't you? But he's going to ask, intercede, stand in the gap for Israel for their forgiveness. Verse 31 says, So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, what a terrible sin these people have committed. They have made gods of gold for themselves. And as you know, that's at the top of the list that the Ten Commandments not to do. And then Moses says this, this is mind-boggling to me. But now, if you will only forgive their sin, but if not, erase my name from the record that you have written. Moses is willing to take the place. If you've got to wipe one of us out, wipe me out to forgive That's amazing love. We know Christ did that on Calvary for us. Moses was willing to do it for that group of knuckleheads. That's part of me to understand. In the New Testament, we see Paul doing the same thing. Romans chapter 9. You know Paul's story from Saul to Paul, from persecutor of Christians to a great Christian mission. And because he has a burden for his old family, for the Jewish nation, Paul says this, With Christ as my witness, I speak with other truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. And look what he says. I would be willing to be forever first to be cut off from Christ, to go straight to hell, if that would save them. Isn't that interesting? I would trade places if it would help them. It's interesting that he says this because just earlier in chapter 8 of Romans, he was celebrating the fact that nothing can separate him from the love of God. 
Romans 8, 38, 39, I'm convinced that neither death or life or angels or rulers or things present or things to come or powers or height or death or anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord and that's security. And he says, you know, I'd trade places. I'd give it up if it would help me. That's standing in the gap. How different would our world to be if all of God's people had attitudes like that? Our military stands in the gap for our freedom in this country. And we must stand in the gap for our faith here and around the world. Tomorrow, remember those who sacrificed their lives for our freedom. Always remember the one who sacrificed his life for our salvation. But we must be strong and stand in the gap and defend what we know is true. Want a challenge? Stand in the gap for your country through prayer. Instead of complaining, pray. Pray for those that you just don't understand. Watch the news after your confusion. Pray for that group. Stand in.